Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the 2021 Knocker Awards. These are the boys your mama warned you about, JC and Nestlemania. Well, the time is here, JC, the end of the year, your favorite podcast episode we do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2021 Knocker Awards. It's exciting. I'm very excited. I am very dressed for the occasion. I'm wearing a pink blazer because I am so pumped and ready for this. This show is a blast to do. Um, but uh, before we get started, just a reminder, the entire staff does vote on these as well. We'll give out a pair each on the show, but head over to jobberknocker.com to check out what the staff voted for. And uh, feel free to tweet at us or on Facebook or Instagram. Reach out to us and let us know who you think should win or if you disagree with what... Uh, Mr. Nestle May and I are about to break down. I thought you were just going to say what I say, because usually, you know, everybody disagrees with me. So there we go. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we want to thank the uh, Golden Pipes once again of Michael P. Downing for giving us his wonderful voice and reading all of these categories, because there are 17 awards tonight. So that's a lot. That's 34 if you count two, but, uh, you know, times two. So here we go, folks. Michael, would you please give us the first category in the shine? Super hot. Fire! Moment of the year. Bianca and Sasha main event, WrestleMania Night 1. Big E wins the WWE Championship in Boston. CM Punk returns on AEW Rampage. John Cena returns. Super hot fire! You know what? We got to start off. You know, the shine is my category. Super hot fire is my catchphrase. And you know what? There were a lot of great moments. We're looking back over the years we've done the knockers. I think this is the most competitive super hot fire moment we've ever had because Bianca, Sasha, main event WrestleMania night one is something me and a lot of other people will never forget. It was an incredible moment. Biggie winning was awesome. And then the CM Punk John Cena returns. Like you talk about those. It's just, man, in any other year, any of these could have won WrestleMania. But for me, I got it narrowed down to two for a couple specific reasons. Um, and that is, for me, it is, was between Bianca and Sasha and CM Punk. Because CM Punk might have been, even though we knew it was happening, one of the greatest returns, if not the greatest returns ever. Whereas Bianca or Sasha was such a pinnacle moment um, in wrestling history, and WrestleMania history, and WWE history. And like I just remember the emotions that I felt going through it, and then thinking about all the other people that would have even stronger emotions than I. So that's what it came down to for me. Well, I'm going to go through all four very quickly. I think the right out of the gate, unfortunately, as big as Big E's moment was, it seems like it's number four to me on this one. I can agree with that. I think when I look at John Cena's return, it was a super surprise. It had some great moments following it, it, but I guess you're looking at the moment itself, right? It didn't really do anything. It just got you excited for what was to come. So now we get to the the two that you had basically, you know, you know, put on the table here. I love Bianca and Sasha for the the reasons that uh, you said the historical value of it. I love the CM Punk for obviously reasons of, of being personal. But it, to me, I look at it like this, JC. They're both very much worthy of this award, I think. However, for me, I look at it like this. And this is going to be weird to say out loud. <laughs> Bianca and Sasha was night one, not night two. And in my mind, I look at if it was night two to me, I think that would have been an even bigger deal. Psh. That's just me. That's just me. Which one was the better night? Night one, it wasn't even Well, close. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, that, 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 but that's so I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying night two, <laughs> Roman Reigns is at the end, end, end. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
I look at it that way. That's not the only reason, but I think for when I look at CM Punk, right, I go, even though you kind of had a feeling of like this guy was going to come in, maybe, sort of, you didn't really, really, truly know because he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of a, eh, I'll do whatever I want. I don't know if I like you. I mean, uh, you know, like he, he, he even said, you know, I had to be sweet talked. I had to be wind and done because I'm qu- kind of a diva. And when he finally came out, I went, that's seven years. Seven long years that he probably, he didn't waste. Well, you could debate that he wasted it. But I, I look at it like that. I look at it like, was he going to do it? Was he not? That was the true feeling of like, God, it was a culmination of so much. For, for me, I am going to pick CM Punk's return as the first golden knocker because I think that the culmination of seven long years of it is a big deal. So you tried to devalue Bianca and Sasha by saying it was night one of WrestleMania. Well, then I have to devalue CM Punk for returning on AEW Rampage and not Dynamite. Fair. Because that is the B. Uh, but no, honestly, these two, it's, you could give me a 1A and 1B. Um, I am going to give my golden knocker to Bianca and Sasha, though, because I felt incredible emotions for both these moments. But, like, I can't tell you how many times. I've obviously rewatched both these moments several times. But there's something about when, I, when, that, when Bianca and Sasha and that moment of them and the tight shots in their faces looking around with the teary eyes and everything. Like, that really hits home, to me, it hits home with me. So that is my 2021 moment of the year because it's something that it just, like, it was... It's like they were both so magical, but that to me just had a little extra magic because it really pulled on my heartstrings. So uh, in a very, very slight victory, I am going to give it to Bianca Sasha because, I mean, to me, that set the tone for how the year was going to be. Fair enough. All right, Michael, hit us with our next category. Best story. Broke-ass Corbin. Hangman Page's journey to winning the world title. Randy Orton, Fiend, Alexa Bliss. Reigns, Lesnar, feud over custody of Paul Heyman. Best story. This one's going to be interesting. We have broke-ass Corbin. We've got Hangman's journey to winning the championship. Randy Orton, Fiend, and Alexa Bliss. And then Reigns and Lesnar's feud over the custody of Paul Heyman. I look at this and I think all of these are great stories. These are the ones that piqued my interest throughout the entire year. I look at it like this. I had the most fun with with... Like, for me specifically, I had the most fun watching Broke-Ass Corbin. Oh, yeah. I chuckled my ass off. I thought it was great. However, when I, when I look at this category, I think about longevity, right? When you think about the best story, it's peaks and valleys, some low, not, you know, low, some high, so, you know, some nights, nothing happens, you know, stuff like that. That, to me, is the best story when you're on the ebb and flow of it. So I look at Broke-Ass Corbin, and although the result was fun of having happy Corbin, I felt like that one is automatically off the table in terms of the other three. And then for me, as much as I'm Detective Nestle, as much as I like to get down into the weeds of things and go off on Planet Fafluga, I look at it like this, JC. Randy Orton, Fiend, and Alexa Bliss, excuse me, that bothered me because it was such a sour taste in my mouth at the end of it, right? Like, to me, that you needed you a need, crescendo. You need a good finish you need to a good make finish. a good story. Right, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Like that, that's, like, that's like going to an amazing movie for two and a half hours, yes. and then the, the finish is terrible. Like, the, you know, the, the end of the story is just like, well, that's all I'm going to remember. Yes. And that's unfortunately all I remember. Because the rest of the story was great. The rest of the lead-up was there. The suspense was there. So now it's down to Hangman Page and Mr. Well, I think this guy's going to clean up on the knockers in general. Mr. Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. And, of course, Brock. Uh, so I look at this story, and here's, here's my deciphering difference, J.C., I think the journey versus the custody, I look at it like this. We're still in the middle of the custody of Paul Heyman. So I feel like it's an ongoing story. 
So for me to grade this at an, at an official point, I think is unfair to that story because I think it's incomplete. I think we're still continuously going. So when I look at for beginning, middle, and end, I think I have to disqualify this one for me specifically. And I'm going to go with Hangman's Journey because when I think about a journey, I mean, it's one of the seven, you know, the things that you, you know, the stories are based on is a journey, one of them. And as much as you and I, you know, we joke about it all the time on this podcast. We went to episode two of AEW Dynamite and we got mad that he had pyro. And then you fast it's on forward. Video. It's on video on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, you go back, you know, and you think about it. And then two years later, this guy becomes the champion. And they knew what they were doing. We were absolutely wrong. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll call ourselves on the carpet. We clearly just didn't see the vision of this guy. And he just, he had to lose. He had to win. He had to lose. He gained a little. He lost a little. And that's the journey. And I think when he finally won, it was that cathartic, visceral moment for me to be like, fuck yeah, that's our guy. Fuck yeah, let's go. Uh, and that was such a great culmination. I think that's what I'm looking at story as a culmination. This one for me isn't even close. This one, like, I, you didn't even need the other nominees. We fill out four, so we had to. <laughs> and um, honestly, when I, we were putting this together, the the like, if uh, the minute Hanman Hanman Page won that title, it's just like this. This is the representation of a story because, like you said, since the dawn of AEW, the story had the seeds planted, and like you had the great visual of the first four champions were the two marquee matches on that poster of their first event and everything. It's just it was so well thought out. It was so done. They really showed you like it was the perfect journey of building a baby face. It was reminiscent of the Daniel Bryan run, the Kofi Kingston run. These runs that we think of so fondly, especially in recent memory with wrestling. It was so beautifully done. It paid off how it did. They pulled the trigger at the exact time. He looked like a stud at that exact time. The fact that this wasn't 100% with the staff is, oh, my God. So, oh, you have to look to see what the percentage was on the website, jobberdocker.com. But to me, it's just like a, I love broke-ass Corbin, too. Some of the most fun, like you said, I had this year. The Reigns-Lesnar thing seemed like it was over, but then it's obviously come back here in the last uh, month of the year. So I do agree with you on that point. But for me, it just like it's, it's not even close. This is probably what might be the biggest blow category for me. All right. Michael. Please hit us with our next category. Rivalry of the year. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. Edge, Seth Rollins. Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page. You know what I consider us sometimes, WrestleMania? Rivals. Because we don't always get along. But we always go back and forth. But there is that mutual respect for each other's opinion. Well, most of the time. I was going to say, you, you, you had me at, and then yeah. you had mutual, and then you said respect. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time. But, um, I mean, we had some good ones this year. Um, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, Edge, Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega, Adam Hayman, Page. Um, to me, this one, it's tough because a lot of these rivalries were really early in the year. In the back half of the year, we didn't get as many of, like, the true rivalries except for Edge, Seth Rollins. Um, but as I'm looking at this, like... The Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly one was solid for in terms of the wrestling, but I don't think it's up to snuff with these other three, in my opinion. So that one was gone for me early. Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, like you said, had the sour finish. So I think that soured them like for everything with it, which is unfortunate. But like they had a good thing going there for a while. So definitely deserve a nominee. And then obviously Omega and Handman Page, that was such an integral part of what we just gave in the last category for Story of the Year. But to me, when I think about it and what I was begging for when Edge came back was to let him go out there and just work with some guys that we've never seen him work with. And Seth Rollins was the guy who always made sense, and they did it. These guys feuded for it felt like half the year, and for the most part, it was never really turned down, and it wasn't really bad. It was always good TV. All their matches delivered. They had some matches that could easily be nominated or be part of match of the year. 
They had some awesome moments, some segments that we won't forget about Seth going to Edge's house. So for me, this was another easy one for me, giving the golden knocker to Edge and Seth Rollins for rivalry of the year. Very fascinating. I, I, I think about the rivalry an awful lot, and I, I, I was personally offended that you guys put Adam Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly in there. Personally, I mean, it was a rivalry of the year in NXT, and it was a good rivalry. I just and I, TJ is one half of I, the nominee crew. Well, that's true. I just think that that one that one made me fall asleep. So that's just the way I feel Ugh. about it. I've already explained myself about Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. So to me, it came down to Edge, Ed, Seth Rollins, and then of course Kenny and Hangman. I I look at this JC, and I think very quickly. Although it was the best story with Hangman, it wasn't necessarily the best rivalry because I don't think Kenny Omega really made me feel something in that entire thing. So I, will, I am going to agree with you. Another set of golden knockers that are going to be sent to uh, Edge and <laughs> Seth Rollins because I thought as much as I didn't get excited about it from the beginning, once the home invasion happened, once they started pouring the blood on them, even though they couldn't say blood, <laughs> and then they had the brood entrance, and then they had that crazy Hell in a Cell match, and they had the great moment you know, about like him being hospitalized. Like you said, there were tent pulls, ebbs and flows. It could have been best story. But when I look at a rivalry, it just kept escalating and escalating and escalating and escalating to a point where it had to go to hell in a cell. So for me, rivalry is exactly the definition of this right here. So that is where we get a double set of knockers. All right. Michael, please hit us with our next category. Male Superstar of the Year. Bobby Lashley. Kenny Omega. Riddle. Roman Reigns. Male Superstar of the Year. Now, this one right here, this is a lot of studs. This is probably called Stud of the Year right here. Hell yeah. So I, I, there's one in here that I, I was surprised was in here. I'm not going to lie to you. But again, if you listen to the knocker, you understand why he's in there. But Bobby Lashley, Kenny Omega, Riddle, and Roman Reigns. And I look at this as the best male superstar. Now, there's a lot of people on this roster, or any roster, NXT, AEW. But I thought about this when I was looking at this earlier. And I went... Riddle? And then I had to think about it for a second, and I'm like, consistency. Mm-hmm. Consistency. Ding, ding, ding. Consistent throughout the year, but then there's Bobby Lashley. Consistent, mm-hmm. right? To me, Kenny Omega, as much as I enjoy Kenny Omega, I thought he was very inconsistent. I did not. Let me put it, let me put it this way for this one. Is he, I put him fourth in this list because I honestly didn't enjoy much of Omega this year, but this is where I have to take my own personal thoughts and think about the way most people think, and a lot of people really love the year Kenny Omega had, and given what he accomplished in terms of being the bell collector and everything, he deserved to be a nominee. But yeah, he's uh, he would not finish in the top three in this category for me. And then finally, we talked about consistency. I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> this guy hasn't lost a match in like a year and change. Uh, I, I can't say enough about this man, the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. To me... As great as Bobby Lashley was, he was not Roman Reigns. As great as Riddle was, he wasn't Roman Reigns. I mean, this is a category swept, in my opinion, because Roman Reigns is not just the guy. Roman Reigns isn't just the act. He's the act in all of wrestling at this point. So I have to. If, I, if I'm a wrestling fan, this isn't even close of a conversation for me. Roman Reigns gets my golden knocker because this guy has been on an absolute fucking tear. Plain and simple. Yeah, second biggest blowout for me is this one because I can understand um, 
people make an argument for Omega if you're, especially if you're not a WWE person. But like for me, it's not even close. Like Lashley, any other year probably could have won this, yeah. but not in the year of Roman Reigns. And the way Reigns is going, if he continues to have like keep doing his thing, he could easily win it again next year. So Reigns gets a pair of knockers, baby. All right, Michael, what's up with our next category? Female Superstar of the Year, Bianca Belair, Britt Baker, Charlotte Flair, Deanna Perrazzo. Well, WrestleMania, we talked about the best males in wrestling. Now it's time to talk about the top females in wrestling in this category. Like every year, it seems like it's always like a one-horse race or everything. But this is, I think, such an incredibly competitive year. Um, Bianca, obviously, not many people could even come close to ever. She had one of the best years, I think, in wrestling, period. If we had a superstar of the year, period, it'd probably be between her and Roman, in my opinion. So, spoiler alert, she is going to get my golden knocker. But You just ruined the whole thing. I did, but Britt Baker's had an incredible year, and you know how much I love Britt Baker. I was in the Britt Baker bandwagon before anyone was. Sure. Just, I saw that steamroll coming, and she's been fantastic. But, I mean, Bianca, like, accomplished literally everything you could. Britt was great. Her championship run, like, she hasn't really had the contenders she needed, and I think that I don't know if she's quite on the in-ring level that I consider Bianca on. Um, Charlotte Flair's on this list every year because she's Charlotte Flair. She's the best, whether you love her or hate her. She's making an impact. And then Deanna Perazzo, it's not very often we put non-WWE, AEW, NXT on here, but it had to be acknowledged the year that she had with Impact Wrestling and on the whole entire indie circuit because you want to talk about dominance, there's not been many more dominant than her in terms of uh, female superstars. Yeah, year. she was holding up a lot of those companies on her own. So, I mean, congratulations to even being in this category for Deanna. She did a great job this year. Um, I look at this and I think, so you, did you, did you give your, yeah, my, my knocker is going to Bianca. It's okay. not, without a doubt, she's, she's already got two knockers from me. She's got a whole, she got a set of golden knockers. Yeah. From you. Okay. Well, that's good for you. You can, you can tell, tell her later, but, uh, for me, I look at this and this is where I think our argument is going to start JC. Ooh. I think this is where it's going to fight break out. I, I, I agree that Bianca Belair had an amazing year. I think in most categories, she would be, yes, this is her year, Right. But for me, I look at it like this. You, 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 you presented your argument about why Bianca is better than pretty much everybody in this category. I understand that. However, I look at it like this. In this year, I think that Charlotte Flair did amazing. I thought Charlotte does a great job every single Are year. Are you giving that Charlotte? Hold on, hold on. Deanna Perrazzo, an amazing, an amazing, amazing year. For me, when I look at this stuff, Britt Baker, an amazing year, right? When I look at Bianca Belair, yes, she's the star. She's the star for many, many, many of these years. She's going to get into golden knockers all over the goddamn place. But when I think about this year, after August, I did not care as much. I thought it was kind of a flat footing for her. Where did she go? What does she do? She's kind of in this random thing with dewdrop. She's kind of doing whatever. I'm not saying she didn't do enough, but I just felt like she wasn't physically the person for the whole year for me. Now, we can have that argument if you want. That's fine. But I look at it like this. There's Charlotte. And to me, there's Britt Baker. Those two, for me, reign supreme a little bit more because they did a little bit more, in my opinion. And Britt Baker is going to get my golden knocker because I believe not only is she one of the pillars of that company, but I believe she's the hottest act in that company. You could be, you know, you could argue it, I guess. But I think that also when you look at Britt Baker, that people are going out of their way to make her special. They're going out of their way. Now, we can debate wrestling you know, ability, that's that's not what I'm here for. I'm saying specifically she's a superstar. She went from nothing to something very quickly. So that's when I look at when I look at that stuff, I think 
This woman got launched into a stratosphere in her own right. So I am giving my golden knocker to Britt Baker. So a couple issues with your argument, because you're showing a lot of recency bias with the Bianca. You're punishing her for a not-as-dominant end of the year when Charlotte was for... But a, she didn't do anything from September no, no, hold to on, December. Hold on, hold on. For a big chunk of the year, Charlotte did absolutely nothing. You're not holding that against her? Bianca had an infinitely better year than Charlotte. It's not even close. But like I said, Britt Baker, I'm a biggest Britt Baker fan there is. But here's the thing. Here's why Bianca got the edge for me, because you said that... Um, but Bianca hasn't done anything towards the end of the year. What has Britt Baker done recently? She's defended the title once. She hasn't been involved as much on TV because she's got to that level where she's just great. But what has she done that's special in a long time? Yeah, she's held the title great. So is Nakamura. That doesn't mean he's a good champion. So well, you're, you're making the best me... champion. I'm just saying that's a different category. I know, We're talking about superstar. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying in general, but she champion. hasn't done shit for a long time. She had that in the peak of her reign was that incredible match with uh, Thunder Rosa, which might have even been before, and I can't even keep track. But that uh, that was incredible. But like since then, like yeah, she's awesome whenever she's on TV. But there's been so much time where she does nothing, or she's just stepping aside for someone else, or whatever. So it just like. I don't know. I, to me, I think that if you're going to argue Bianca lost team towards the end of the year, I'd argue that Britt Baker did too because she hasn't done anything. So to me, it's a mute point, and that's why Bianca gets it ever so slightly. But for me, this is one of my most competitive categories because I think if we're ranking superstars of the year, it's Roman Reigns one, then it's Bianca, then it's Britt. Those are my top three. So clearly that I, I think it's close. You're just an AEW shamer is what you are. Sometimes. I just put Britt Baker three and gave him. Only, I love AEW. Wait till we get to best brand of the I year. I know, I know. Who I'm going to get with. Right. I love, I just, I don't, I call it on the carpet, man. I'm fair. If something is better than something else, I'm going to tell you. And Bianca deserves this knocker more. I am glad Britt's getting one from you. We yes. call it the runner-up knocker. No, because, it's not that. No, yours is way more than me. One. That doesn't, that's um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you go to jobberknocker.com and check the staff vote, we'll see who was the that doesn't more correct. That doesn't mean anything. Does, anything. Clearly does. It clearly does. No, so, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, you'll have to go check that out. But you know what? I'm glad both women got a knocker. Mine's just a little bigger than yours. That's all. Michael, take us to the next category. Tag Team of the Year. MSK. RK Bro. The Usos. The Young Cucks. Tag Team of the Year. This is four category. Like To me, I look at this four tag teams. There's a lot of tag teams that we could talk about. I don't think four is... Going to do it, but MSK, RK Bro, the Usos, and the Young Bucks. But you, you labeled it something different, and I think Michael read it differently, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm my guy. Anyway. Um, Didn't even have to pay him. He did what he did. He he, he called them the Young Cucks, folks. So, so clearly, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is what it is. That's incredible. I didn't even think of that when I was putting together yeah, the list. Yeah, <laughs> he read it as, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, because <laughs> he doesn't know any better. I love it. Um. He's Ron Burgundy. He is Ron Burgundy. He'll read whatever we send he, him. Exactly. So look at it this way. MSK, they are in there. I, I mean, they did a great job as NXT Tag Team Champions. Clearly, the crowd was against them for some of this for some odd reason. Um, well, it wasn't an odd reason. Well, we know the reason. You I'm trying read to read it on the internet. I'm trying to be political about it. Yeah. Uh, RK Bro, which is still in full swing. The Usos, which is like they're an infinity everywhere they go. Uh, and of course, the young bucks with a B, not a C, uh, who I thought had a great, a great year as the AW Tag Team Champion. So this was split, uh, just just uh, as as a uh, divide here, I yes. think, for a lot of us and the staff. But I'm curious how you feel because you love tag team wrestling. FTR is not even on here, by the way. I know FTR and the New Day. This is probably the first time in years neither have been nominated. But I think it just talks about the competition. The Lucha Bros had a really strong finish. If they they had a chance to maybe sneak in here, but. Um, you know, it just, I think RK Bro, the Usos, and the Young Bucks were just like locked in 
to being here, and that fourth spot was kind of up for grabs. And MSK, like, had such a great long start to the year, and then obviously they've been, you know, following Riddle around uh, with uh, some Sherman sh- uh, shit at the end of the year here. Uh, but whatever, uh, they still were great in NXT. But for me, they're definitely a distant fourth, as any other team that would have been nominated were. Um, I bet you think that I voted for the RK Bro or the Usos, but I did not. My golden knocker went to the Young Cucks. Because, Shut up! Yeah, because here, like I said, I call it on the carpet. Like, I love to hate on them, but it's because I hold them to a different standard. And I thought this year they returned to where they needed to be. It, did, it took them a long time. I also had them number one in my, uh, would have had them number one in my tag team of the year for if we uh, did rankings for those. But it just like, as great as the Usos were, they were fantastic, but they were, they were next to Roman Reigns. So... Whatever, and I think the number two here for me is RK Bro, as you'll see in uh, the staff vote on JobMinocker.com. It was split between the Young Bucks and RK Bro, because RK Bro was incredible. Like it was such a fun year, so many fun memories of them, and like you said, it's still going. But the Young Bucks, not only did they have a good reign, but especially in terms of the wrestling, they had some great matches, man. We're gonna talk about that match with the Lucha Bros later, because that may be my match of the year, it may not be, but it was definitely, uh, it's definitely a top contender for sure. Because I will think fondly of that match forever but they had a lot of matches like that because when they were champions the thing i loved about them they were wrestling like pretty much every week they were defending the title if it wasn't every week every other week and they were all over the place they took on a bevy of different teams we know AEW has a ton of top teams so for me like yeah they they set the tone for tag team wrestling which is what i expect of them so they reached that and I will give the Young Cucks my golden knocker for it. B. B. Bucks. C comes after B. You know, man, I don't look in the past. I look forward. So C before B. Anyway, my golden knocker is going to go to the Young Bucks as well because it's a set because there's two of them in a tag team. It's only fair that each of them get a, a, a <laughs> knocker. But also the fact that I thought about the Usos and I went, those guys are just like, they're so good. But you almost forget sometimes they have the tag titles. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just there. They're always there. They're reliable. They're Roman Reigns henchmen. Yeah. Uh, MSK, uh, you know, I, I still don't understand. You every NXT, every time NXT is nominated, you're like, yeah, they don't deserve it. No, that's not it at all. You're an NXT shamer. No, I'm not. Too many blondes no. in NXT that's, doesn't like them. She's not. Neither of these gentlemen are blondes, so <laughs> that has nothing to do with that <laughs> argument. However, MSK kind of, I, I don't get the luster of it. They're great in ring, but I thought that there's, there's too much hype. And I think when there's a lot of hype, sometimes things fall off. And I think that's why they've been off TV doing this like shaman thing for a very long time to rejuvenate. So I, I'm kind of looking at it like hopefully they can rebrand and redo it, you know, with the shaman and the whole thing. And it makes sense. And then of course, RK bro, like you said, it kind of started in, I think July, right? So there was like, an actual team, but there was a tease long before. Right. But I mean like, for cause time. they didn't really do anything till August. No, they won the titles, and then they won a smile. I think it probably the tag team thing probably started toward like the odd couple thing towards June, but I think it was teased even earlier. But there was four or five parts of the month that you know they weren't really doing anything. You know, we have to give we have to give the tag team speaks to how good they became. Absolutely, very quickly. Uh, You know, WWE especially Raw loves their hodgepodge tag teams, but I, I the Bucks for me, not only are they the best tag team right now, but I think if we ever get the Usos versus the Young Bucks, which I doubt we'll ever get. But if we ever do, I think we're going to be in for a treat because not only is that a super kick party, but folks, I think we're going to finally find out who's the best tag team on the planet because I think it's really one and two with these guys. So Young Bucks, please someday just find a way to make everything work with the WWE, I guess, would be my, my thought. Ah! I know it's never going to happen, but I mean, you can you can sit there and hope hope for it because I think that's amazing. That's amazing. So there you go. Uh, the, 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 the Young Bucks, bees get a set of golden knockers. Michael, if you could help me with the next category. Best Champion, Bobby Lashley, Britt Baker.
Miro. Roman Reigns. So, man, we talk about championships all the time and people who elevate them and ones who don't. Obviously, if there was a worse champion, it'd probably be Nakamura. He never defends <laughs> Jesus. it. Um, but this is best champion. And the four that were just mentioned were incredible reigns. I think you can make an argument, honestly, for any of them. Um, and um, I, this was a tough one for me. I honestly, um, when we did the staff vote, I don't remember who I voted for, but I think I might be the one. Who voted for Britt Baker for the AW Women's Championship? Ah, ah, I want to see where this goes. Oh no, you just said that a suit's title and superstar two different things, and to me that's true. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah, because I thought Bianca Belair was the best superstar because she accomplished a lot of non-champion things. Britt Baker's biggest accomplishments was all with the championships, and she wasn't really beaten. I mean, all these people were never. So then, why isn't why isn't Bianca Belair the best champion? Because she accomplished a lot of things without the but, but championship. But she's not in the category, though. Because she accomplished a lot of things without the championship. But she didn't. Do, it's the same argument. Was she the best champion? No, it isn't the same argument. No, I'm saying she it's, should be in the, in the conversation, though. Should she, though, with these four? I'm asking. Are you going to take out Roman Reigns? Yeah, no. go ahead. Take out Roman Reigns. I would take out Miro before well, I take out. Because that TNT championship reign was probably one of the best reigns we've ever seen. Sure. But I'm just saying there's got to be something here. Yeah, no, these are the four. Okay. These are the four. It's not even close. Okay. It's not even close. All right. Just asking. Um, but for me, uh, it was between Britt Baker and Roman Reigns uh, because Roman Reigns literally beat everyone, defended against everyone. Uh, Miro did that until he lost to Sammy. Uh, Britt Baker hasn't lost it still, but she just like, she kind of just became the face of that company and... At a time where I thought Omega was a weak champion, I thought she was the stronger champion much earlier in the year. Uh, and then obviously Lashley, that WWE title reign was fantastic. He's obviously since lost it um, to uh, Big E is now the champion. But his reign was incredible. So for me, this was probably one of the hardest categories for me to pick. But it came down to Brit and Roman. And I just think that I Roman was going to win too many knockers, so I gave it to Brit so she could have one. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's what I did. You gave it to Britt? So are you yeah. giving it physically to Britt? Yeah. You are going to give it to I Britt. I think that's what I voted for. I definitely, Doesn't matter. You don't have well, to keep the same I'm vote, I'm looking though. at it, and I, I'm the only one. Everyone voted for Lashley except for me, and I know I didn't vote for Lashley, so I must have voted for Britt. And I think my reasoning would have been is like, I'm giving too many knockers to Roman, so I'm going to give him to Britt because she deserves to what be acknowledged. You have no... She deserves to be acknowledged for the year that she had. So even though I thought she was the second best champion, I'm uh, going to give her my golden knocker. Oh, my God. So she's not even the best champion, yeah, nor Roman is she Reigns the best was. superstar. Roman Reigns is the best champion. So Roman Reigns should get your champion then. That's he exactly, should. But, but he's no, not going to... It's one of those things like at award shows, if someone's winning too many, you give it to no, someone else. No, nobody does That's that. What I just did. Nobody it's does my that. knocker. I can do whatever I want. I'm giving, it to I'm giving it to Britt Baker. That's the dumbest thing. I've heard all day. I you're don't the dumbest her. thing I've heard all day. Well, you're. This is the first part of the day. Of course, I'm the first dumbest thing you've seen because I'm the only thing you've seen. <laughs> That's not true. I'm in some pretty bad group chats where people say dumb shit. Okay, well, uh, I set the bar awfully low, I guess. <laughs> anyway, um, my best champion knocker award goes. Well, let me let me let me think about this for a second because I did vote for somebody, but I think I could change my. You vote. voted for Lashley, like everyone else except for me. Shh. <laughs> I don't think Miro had the best champ, but he had a great, 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 great reign. Don't think he's the champion of the year. Britt Baker, great champion. Wonderful champion. Can be in the conversation, in my opinion. Roman Reigns had that fucking thing forever. Nobody beats him. Bobby Lashley just looks good with a championship. But when I look at a champion, I look at elevation. I look at, does the champion make the, you know, does the championship make the person or does the person make the championship? You can have that argument, right? So we're talking Reigns and Baker then. The, How did those two elevate see, the I most? Think, see, I think, I think that Bobby Lashley was elevated by the championship. Yes. But Roman Reigns 
has elevated the championships. Well, that's what I mean. That's how I felt with Roman and Britt is they brought those championships were probably not very elevated because the Universal Champion, we used to call it the fruit roll-up title of the... Yes, title. exactly. It, it, it's it, under under the tutelage of, uh, you know, Roman Reigns, he has taken the fruit roll-up championship and yeah. it made it something that we have not made fun of in at least a year and a half, two exactly. years. So if, when I look at that, I think that's a rehabilitation to a championship versus Bobby Lashley finding, you know, I, I think Britt Baker's third on this one for me. Wow. Yeah. So... This is why Superstar versus Champion is different. Wow. I look at it like this. I want Roman Reigns to get my golden knocker. However, Lashley winning that championship was so very important to him. And I think once he won it, I saw him in a different light. But I don't know if I can talk myself into this, JC. But I'm going to pick Roman Reigns to give my golden knocker because the championship was rehabilitated by that man. And probably the worst championship design I think I've seen in a long time. So I look at it like that. I look at it like Roman Reigns is the best champion because no one can beat him. He is always holding that championship. And when he finally loses that, not only does the person become special, but you will remember this reign forever. And I think that's the other thing. Remembering the reign, no pun intended, you will remember this reign more to me than a Brit Breaker reign, mm. Miro, or you will a Bobby Lashley. I mean, I'm going to remember all four because I don't have a short-term memory, and these are four of the greatest reigns in a long time. But, because, uh, I, you know, I'm going to talk about that Miro reign forever because I thought it was so perfect for that title. But, you know, it, I'm glad that you, after you called me on the carpet for not giving it to my number one and giving it to my number two, you almost gave it to your number two and did the exact same thing, but you went back and actually gave Reigns a golden knocker. So I'm glad. Reigns gets one, Brick gets one. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. And I'm just going to tell you that I'm right and you're wrong. Let's move on <laughs> to the next category. I believe <laughs> I believe this might be a little contentious as well. This is the last category in the shine. Michael, hit us with it. Best brand. A-E-W. NXT. Raw. SmackDown. Best brand. Now, usually this is a, a slam dunk. But I'll be I'll be curious to see how we feel about this one. We got AEW, we got NXT, and Raw and SmackDown. Now, can we throw Raw right away? Yeah, Raw's just about? out. Raw's off the table. Let's not even bring up Raw because it's just <laughs> it is what it is. Now AEW, NXT, and SmackDown. That's fine. There's four, right? Somebody could say, well, if you took Raw off the table, you should interject like Impact or ROH or whatever. We, we, or, eventually, we had and, those, and JP, but it's just but, like it's one of those things where it's like. It's about branding. Yeah, folks. I watched Impact for like a month and then I stopped watching it. So I'm like, it clearly couldn't be that good because I stopped watching it. That's Sorry, a tough sell. Dom. It's a tough sell, Dom. Yeah. But Dom does a great job over on jobberknocker.com. Check out Dummy Feds. He's doing a great job. And for I, us. I will say this I think we can throw NXT as well. As much as I love NXT 2.0, it was only a couple months of the year. If it was the entire year, maybe it'd be in contention for me because I'm loving NXT 2.0. Um, but for the entire year, we, we talked about NXT needing a rebrand. And uh, WWE agreed with us because it had lost some of its luster. So I think this is a two-horse race between AEW and SmackDown. I've given it to SmackDown the past two years. But this year for me, I think this was another runaway. I think AEW wins handedly because when I look throughout the course of the entire year, even where I, weeks where I thought it was maybe a down week for AEW, it was probably still the best show or the second best show every single week where SmackDown, like SmackDown has its highs and it has Roman Reigns. But, man, did it have some lows this year. And when Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar weren't doing stuff, it could get really bad, which is a shame. Um, but, like, some of the inconsistencies of SmackDown this year hurt me. It had a strong finish. I think it had a strong middle and maybe a strong start. But a lot of the stuff in between, it wasn't there. Whereas AEW, like I said, they can throw out fucking eight-man tags, six-man tags, submission matches. That's more <laughs> Rampage. But and I'm still interested because there's enough there. 
So, so for me, this was a runaway. So let me ask you this. And yes. So so here's here's a, a, a decisive thing that I want you to, to, to put your flag in. Yeah. You're giving the best brand to, to AEW. AEW. But I think here's the logic, and maybe we talk about this next year with, with you and TJ and the, the nomination committee. Maybe we do AEW Rampage and well, AEW so, Dynamite. Because so you're because I it's think pretty much doing, it's pretty much Dynamite because yes, Rampage, that's what I Rampage say, yeah. is okay. a newer entity. Yes. But I'm just Rampage saying Rampage wouldn't be good enough to be nominated here. So yeah, you, we can call it right now. It's it's dynamite. It's dynamite. I, I just wanted to make that clarification because yeah. I, I look at this and I thought, well, the over encompassing no, no, thing no, of AEW, dynamite. it's definitely dynamite. It's def- it, yeah. Rampage is is a is a is a is a pimple on Rampage ass. is good main event. Sure, I'd, I'd believe that. It's a main event that it's we It's Sunday all watch. Night Heat on Friday. Yeah, That's exactly. exactly what it is. So it's fine, but it's not. It's not dynamite. It's not. It's here. not dynamite. It's definitely not dynamite. Yeah. I, so I, I, I thought about this an awful lot because SmackDown and of course, AEW was a two horse race for myself. Um, and I know you gave your your reasoning for branding or brand essentially, but I look at it like this: SmackDown is a huge brand. AEW is really coming up, and they're making a big deal with dynamite. And a lot of great things have happened on Dynamite. But when you gave that whole thing about ups and downs and who had, you know, SmackDown had this and AEW, I felt like they were, it was like very similar to me. That I felt like there was a lot of stuff on Dynamite that wasn't so great. And there wasn't so many great things on SmackDown. But you remembered certain things about the year. The one thing I will say about the brand of AEW Dynamite is I felt like, and I think this is, a, this is always going to be in the conversation with me for every year that AEW exists. I think AEW gets my golden knocker specifically. The dynamite gets me gets me the knocker, is or gets them the knocker. Excuse me, is because of the themed pay per views, the attention to detail that they do with these extra little things, making the dynamites feel like they're bigger every single time. Like winter is coming, all the holiday themed things, the holiday bashes, and like you know all these little things along the way because they only have four pay per views really, so they make these other little temple events very special. Whether or not there's a time limit draw or not, that's beside <laughs> the point. But I or will two. say, yeah, but they've, but they've made monumental strides with that dynamite brand. And I think that's a huge distinction because I think SmackDown's kind of been the big brand anyway, because of the Fox thing. I think Fox makes it big, not necessarily SmackDown is big on its own anymore. So that's why I think AEW gets my golden knocker. There you go. That's pretty much all the, all the, all the good categories. Now, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and get into the heat with your boy, Nestlemania. Michael. And now it's time to get to the heat categories. Best heel. Bobby Lashley and MVP. Dan Dan Lambert. MJF. Roman Reigns. Best heel WrestleMania. Everyone loves a good heel, especially here on the knocker. I've always, my favorite wrestlers throughout the course of my life has always been heels. And this year, we had four pretty great ones. Uh, the first one is obviously a combo of Lashley and MVP. They're a package deal. Hashtag, please don't break them up in 2022. Uh, Dan Lambert, you want to talk about just fucking pure heat? That guy. He just comes out and he starts yelling and, and, and people are just mad. So if that's not a heel, I don't know what is. MJF has kind of become like the guy the last couple of years. He's the young stud. He's the future. He's a heel. He just, he's great at it. And then obviously Roman Reigns, like, He's become probably more likable as a heel, but that doesn't mean he's not a great heel. So for me, I thought this was, again, one of the more competitive categories, and you should head over to jobberknocker.com and see what I mean when one of the more competitive categories, because uh, I don't think we've ever had a four-way tie before, but fucking Christ, we had a four-way tie. Yeah, I mean, you could get to, like you said, this to me is the most competitive one of yes. all time. And I, 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 when you, so 
I'm sorry, I stepped on you, but I, I just wanted to make sure that this was uh, stated here because all four, or I guess all four of the, the nominees, there really is like no wrong answer in no, my opinion. I not agree. not at all. So good. You know what my answer is? Who, I want to ask you first. Who do you think I voted for? If I'm you, mm-hmm. I would say it's between Dan Lambert and Bobby Lashley and MVP. So one of those two is my winner. One of those is my number four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, if I know... I'm, I'm trying to, like, really think about this for a second. Like, who does JC really love? I'm going to say you picked Dan Lambert. I did. I know you Because would. when I look at I look at this, like, yes, I... My expectations for MJF, Roman Reigns, Bobby Lash, and MVP are a lot different than what they were for Dan Lambert. Because Dan Lambert came in, and I fucking hate him. Like, this is a waste of my time. Why is this idiot on my TV yelling? But it's one of those things, the more you see it, the more you appreciate it. And I'm like, this guy's consistently good... And I see why he's here because what he is doing is helping other people. And he became quickly, those segments became one of the more must watches for me on Dynamite because I, I call him Yelly McYell Yell because <laughs> that's literally all he did. But I was like, this fucking guy, he doesn't care. It's like you can say people going for the cheap heat or whatever. This guy was just consistent with him. He didn't care. He was going to insult you and say he's better than you no matter what. Insulting AEW coming out there. He never even tried. Look at Roman Reigns, MJF. Bobby Lashley, MVP, they're all great and fantastic, incredible. But every now and then they say things because they know it's like, uh, that's cool. Dan Lambert doesn't give a fuck about being cool. He just wants to be the freaking bad guy, and he does whatever he can to be the baddest guy he can. Same reason why I've given this to Corbin in past years because I think they're kind of cut from the same cloth where they don't want anything from you. They go out there with the intent to be the most hated thing out there, and they succeed at it because they don't give a fuck. So for me, I like... I had trouble with it, but at the same time, I was like, man, I, I think all the rest of the three are a cl- pretty close to a tie, in my opinion. But Dan Lambert, to me, was next level. And what he did for this in particular year was so next level, and I didn't expect it, that uh, to me, he got my golden knocker. I'm, I'm glad I called it, because I, I had to like think about it for a second. Yeah. And I think, if I, I, if I remember correctly from the way that uh, you know Michael introduced everything... Uh, he doesn't understand Dan Lambert at all. So Michael just thought that he was as lame as Keith Lee, like the name <laughs> Dan, Dan Lambert. He's like, who the hell is Dan Lambert? Just like, who doesn't strike fear in front of anybody? So Makes it, it even more It's perfect. hilarious, right? So when I look at the best heel category very quickly, I will never give MJF the heel thing ever again, in my opinion. I watched an interview with him, and he said something along the lines of, I'm not a heel. I'm not a heel. He's like, I, I, I believe in everything that I do. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. I love this guy. But like, I don't want to give him the heel persona specifically. I think he's just, he's just, I feel like he's saying he's a heel now. It just feels like we're putting him somewhere else. He's going to be nominated in this category every year. Every though, year. But he's never going to be a good guy. I just, I'm just not going to vote for him. I'm just, I, I just, I'm going to. He was my number three on this list. I, I, had, just, I had Roman number two, but it was, a, it was Lambert. See, I, I don't believe that Roman Reigns is a heel. I think they're just like, they're waiting for people to love Roman Reigns and be like, aha, we can turn yeah, him but now. Here, so. Here's why I, why I think Roman Reigns is the second best argument because he fucking cheats to win in a lot of his matches now. Like he, at the beginning of the year, he won a lot of those clean. But down the stretch here, he's done the most heelish things to claim victory and to get edges on things. So to me, I th- I, that's that's what kind of elevated him a little bit over the other two gags. Okay, that, that that's a fair argument, I guess. But I, I have to also give my golden knocker going to, to Dan Lambert. I love it. Set of knockers going to Dan Lambert because, again, here's the thing that I, that I love about Dan Lambert specifically when I watch him 
is when the crowd like makes fun of him and calls him dipshit and whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fat face dipshit. Fat, fat face dipshit. I just couldn't stop laughing. But he does this like tantrum where he's like jumping up and down yeah. and putting his hands up like a little <laughs> toddler. I fucking love that. I just was like, he's not he's not gonna be Bobby Heenan. He's not gonna be like these amazing managers of like all time. But like what he's doing is just so funny to me that I look at it like, oh god. I'm so entertained. And then, of course, when he got his comeuppance against Jericho, that was a fun moment, too. So he's doing everything right. I'll be curious to see where he goes with the man of the year now. But he definitely gets my golden offer as well. So I'm excited for that, the way both gave it to Dan Lambert. And Michael has no idea who Dan Lambert is, but that's fine. Anyway, Michael, hopefully you know what's going on in the next category. The Keith Lee generic wrestler name of the year. Dan Lambert. Congratulations to Dan Lambert for somehow having an even more boring name than Keith Lee. Most underutilized talent. Io Shirai. Pac. Private Party. Rick O'Shea. So most underutilized talent. I feel like this is the JC Award. Yeah, because I always I'm always big on looking for people that I think are supremely talented, supremely entertaining, just flat out good. Um, a lot of the times these are obviously fan favorites, and it's just like, how do you not have reasons to put this person on TV? And this category, obviously, like Io Shirai, like been waiting for a main roster call for her for a while because we want to see her work with the best. She's obviously does great stuff at NXT, but it's like, what has she really done this year? Not a lot. She was in that weird tag team with Zoe Stark and these things and that. You look at Pac, um, I don't necessarily, me personally, think he's underutilized, but he's been a guy throughout his entire career that people feel like is underutilized. And given, obviously, there were COVID restrictions with travel this year that might have held him back. But even when he's around, he never seems like they want him to be on the level that a lot of fans want him to be on. So I think he's deservedly here. Private Party was a tag team when AEW started. I was like, man, these guys could really be something special. They could be like the next big thing in the tag team division. And this year, they've done absolutely nothing. They're just part, like Hardy sideshow. I was going to say, that's what happens when Matt Hardy gets a hold of you. Yeah, it's rough. And then obviously, Ricochet, I think of the world of him. And he, like, they do like these hot starts with him around like ladder match time, but then they put him back in the cupboard. And it's like, this is a guy you never should put in the cupboard because you put him out in front of a live crowd, you're getting news and ahs, getting people off their feet. Like, so to me, he's always underutilized when I'm not seeing him used. So, uh, but uh, so I think there's a good, you can make an argument for anybody here. For me, this was a two-horse race, but there was one horse that is way above the other because I think she's a different level. I think there's an argument that Io Shirai is, could be the best women's wrestler in the world. We just don't always get to see it, but I think she is on that level in that conversation with all the pe- women that I consider to be the top women's wrestlers in the world. So for me, of the position she's been in this past year, I think that she is by far the most underutilized talent in wrestling. Wow. Wow. I look at this four and I think, Ricochet will always be where he's supposed to be. Sorry, that's where he is. Psh, private party. I, I forgot they were a thing when I saw the category because that's how far Matt Hardy has dragged them down. And I go to Pac. Same thing. Pac is exactly where he's supposed to be right now. He's not supposed to be where you guys think he's supposed to be. I'm sorry. He's amazing, but he's very similar to Ricochet in the same fact of like... At least say it nicely to them like I did. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't do anything nice. <laughs> you said I was a mean one, Mr. Grinch, last week, so it's <laughs> fine, whatever. But, I, you know, I look at it like this, JC. I mean, they are what they are. I mean, that's exactly what they are. And I look at it that way. They're not a complete set. 
So I, I'm I sorry. I think Ricochet is a complete set. He's not a world champion. So. I don't think so. But it, I think he's a guy. Gee that, golly gosh, he's, he's not a, a complete player. He's a guy player. that consistently should be on TV nope. in nope. matches in the mid card. No, not a guy that isn't no. on TV. No, you're absolutely you're insane. Asking. You're insane. Get the fuck out. You you're insane. All anyway, my uh, my credibility go right back on the table when I pick Io Shirai. Double set of golden knockers for a girl. I will always love Io Shirai. I think she's the best women's wrestler of this generation. Period. But that's Ooh, me. That's tough. That's tough. I know. But I'm going to say it because I think that I haven't seen a bad Io Shirai match. I'm just saying. I don't think I can think of one. I mean, a mediocre one, maybe, but not a bad one. So I'm going to give her because I think she deserves to be on my TV every single week. She gets my golden knocker. A set for Io. Congratulations, Io Shirai. Michael, hit it into the next one. Lept the dolphin. What could have been? Adam Cole on Raw or SmackDown. Becky beating Bianca with one move at SummerSlam. The exploding death match actually exploding after Omega Moxley. Karrion Cross's call up to Raw. So in WrestleMania, for yeah. our recording today, I am wearing my Lept the Dolphin shirt, so it's only fitting that I unzip it for the what could have been category. Lept the Dolphin, what could have been. And, you know, this one is always an uh, interesting one because there's so many things in wrestling where you like, think, like, man, that could have been so cool. And for me, there's some uh, this first one here with Adam Cole being on Raw or SmackDown. It was something I always wanted to see. I wanted to see him against the top of WWE where obviously maybe someday we still get to see it, but not when he's in his prime, and right now he's in his prime. So that's a what could have been. Um, obviously, the Becky beating Bianca with one move at SummerSlam caught us all by a ghost, and we were pretty upset. So what could have been different with that? Could things have played out differently? Would you look at things differently? Would Nestle not have been such a little bitch and actually give it? Whoa, 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 wow, you slid that happen. in there really quick there. Call um, me a little bitch. Then we have something from early in the year, which was just the, the exploding death match that didn't explode, which they hyped up to be the greatest thing ever, and then it literally like went off with poof. just a poof. So that definitely is something that left the Dolphin. And then uh, when you're looking at a call-up this year in Karrion Cross, who was one of the most dominant forces in uh, NXT comes up to Raw and is pretty much a joke and then had the helmet and now he's no longer with the company. So that definitely is something that left the Dolphin. So um, I, this was a tough one for me because I think they all had an argument, but for me, it probably came down to Karrion Cross and Adam Cole. Wow. You're going to see that threw me for a loop because I didn't expect that at all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give, the thought here that, uh, you know, carrying cross is a big deal. Uh, but I'm curious who you're going to pick. Who are you going to pick? I definitely voted for carrying cross, and that's where I lean. But uh, if you have a convincing argument, I could be swayed. Okay, let me try to convince you here, folks. When we think about what could have been, right? What could have been, right? I look at it this. Adam Cole on Raw and SmackDown for me, not a big deal for me, specifically, right? Because you're a hater. You, you don't like anyone else named Adam because it makes you feel less than. No. He, honestly, if there's one, <laughs> if there's 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 three Adams, uh, well, I'll go four. There are four people named Adam in this world, including me, that are amazing. That's Adam Cole, Adam Edge, Adam Braun Strowman, and Adam Nestle. All four of those men are named Adam, and they're amazing. Anyway, moving on to my original point here is that... I don't care. I thought Adam Cole was where he was supposed to be. If he went up to the main roster, they wouldn't have known what to do with him. I would have hated the idea of it. They would have ruined Adam Cole for me. That's what could have been. That's so I think that's awful. Let's move on. Becky beating Bianca. That just uh, upset me because all I could think about was we got it anyway. And you know what happened? Fucking nothing. Like, I just didn't appreciate it. I don't... What could have been? You could have made it better, sure. But I just... I don't think it's that big of a deal. We get into the exploding death match and Karrion Cross. Now, Karrion Cross in NXT, big fucking deal, right? But when he got to the main roster, it was like, 
Is he S&M? Is he part of demolition? Is he wearing a helmet? Is he okay? Does he need to be checked on? Does he have an hourglass? Does he not have scarlet? They didn't have scarlet. It could have been a big fucking deal, right? All the accoutrements. So yes, I can understand the idea of, of you saying to be carrying cross. I, however, am going to try to persuade you into picking the exploding death match because here's why. I love a good Japanese death match. And I was super fucking pumped for this. You have no fucking clue, right? And both of those guys were, were really excited about it. And all I could think about was this could have solidified their careers. This could have been a monumental moment. This could have taken this this is this is how I know how I how I can think I can convince you. I believe at that exact moment when the pyro went, you thought that is the personification of the reign of Kenny Omega. Boom. And that's why, that's why when I think of what could have been, if that had blown up with somebody in the middle of the ring after that matchup, you may have been persuaded to think better and differently about Kenny Omega as well as, of course, you know, Moxley, which it kind of would have fit his character an awful lot and would have sent him in a different trajectory. So I look at that like not only did that moment stifle two people at the same time, but it could have been a, an all-time moment in American wrestling history, and it was a, it was literally a fart. So that's why I'm giving it to that. I'm giving it to the exploding death match. Yeah, I'm still going to give it to Cross. That's bullshit. Um, but I will say this, and this we are in the heat, so I feel like I can say it, but uh, you know what you said about Pac and Ricochet being right where they're supposed to be? Yep. Well, Kenny Omega being a disappointment as a champion is probably right where he's supposed to be. He's a phenomenal wrestler, one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. But the character work is not there because it's a very niche character work that doesn't translate to a bigger audience. So he was exactly where he was supposed to be. So that poof representing his reign, we should have expected it and shame on us for not. <laughs> wow, that was harsh. I can't believe I couldn't convince you. Maybe someone else will listen to this and think I'm right. I don't know. I just... I was very hurt by it. Anyway, Michael, let's get this show on the boat. I think it's the last category of the heat. Get them off my TV, damn it. The worst thing of 2021 award. Alexa Bliss's doll, Lily. QT Marshall. The turnbuckle collapsing under the enormous weight of the demon Finn Balor. Extreme rules. Zombies as lumberjacks in the Priest-Miz match. Egads. Well, I believe it's my turn to kick this off, but I think we need you to uh, say your little thing first. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. Worst thing in the year. And this is Nestle's favorite category oh, God, because yes. he loves to complain about things that sucked. And you know what? For me, something that sucked was Alexa Bliss's doll, Lily. I fucking hated that thing. I hated looking at it. I hated the thought of it. I hated everything about it. Um, the other thing that I really hated on the AW side was QT Marshall because, you know, what? I don't like to shit on people for being fucking useless. But when he's on my TV, there was no one more useless than QT Marshall. Uh, the turnbuckle collapsing under the enormous weight of the Demon Finn Balor at Extreme Rules. That was pretty fucking bad. And the fact that they never addressed it makes it even worse. And then, of course, there was... I think the WWE version of the Exploding Deathmatch where the zombies... Really? The zombies as lumberjacks in the priest mismatch at WrestleMania Backlash. People hated this. I honestly... I'll tell you what. This one doesn't make the top three for me because I understand why they did their promotion. movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it, wasn't, it, was, it was bad, but it was like I thought Morrison and company like did a great job selling it. So uh, it wasn't the worst thing of 2021, but it definitely deserves to be nominated because some people just didn't want that shit and they didn't get it. So... But for me, it came down to QT Marshall and the doll. Which one's more useless? Um, well, the doll is friends with Alexa Bliss, so QT Marshall is friends with 
Cody Rhodes. And everyone else. Uh, I love him. Everyone loves QT Marshall. I don't get it. But, uh, God, I don't like either. Uh, but I'm going to Think about how much you didn't like that doll, though. I really didn't like the doll, but fucking the doll's gone and QT Marshall isn't. So QT Marshall, you're the worst thing of 2021. <laughs> Fucking, I couldn't, like, that guy, every time they troll him out, it's like, why? Yeah. You talk about signing all these young talent, this incredible talent, and QT Marshall, again, the guy is what he is. He's probably a great trainer. He's clearly a great coach, clearly a great guy, clearly has a great mind for the business. That doesn't need to mean he needs to be all over my TV, taking pay-per-view slots, and having fucking matches with the big show. I was just about to say, uh, so when I thought about this, I went, if I could literally take uh, and erase something from my brain, it would be QT Marshall in general, right? Like if I could white out an entire thing in my brain or my eyesight, it would be QT Marshall. So for me, I'm giving my golden knocker to QT Marshall. There's no debate about it, folks. This guy is the worst thing I've seen on if the if the de- the the definition of drizzling shits. That's what he is when I look at him. And I I mean, watching the Big Show have a match was just like, oh god, oh god. And it was QT Marshall. And then of course. QT Marshall, you know. Remember just, when they sold us on QT Marshall versus CM Punk? Yeah, I know. I was just about to say that. I just That hurt my feelings, CM too. Punk came back to wrestling to work with QT Marshall. Yeah, it's just bad. But anyway, I think we've we've got all the bad stuff out of our fate. Let's get into the, the hopeful stuff. Michael, new category, please. Hope categories. Newcomer of the year. Bad Bunny. Braun Breaker. Jade Cargill. Almost. Newcomer of the year. There's a lot of newcomers here that we can talk about. I think they're very impressive in their own right. Bad Bunny, Braun Breaker, and Jade Cargill, as well as the boy Almas. I say the boy. He's a he's a full. He's a man. big boy. He's a big boy. Oh, as Brock would say, it's a big motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> look at this big motherfucker right here. Yeah, I know. Uh, so me, when I look at it this way, Bad Bunny had a great stretch from you know Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Probably, I would say this much. I, but with the exception of Floyd, Money Mayweather, regardless of how you feel about him, I think Mayweather and Bad Bunny had the best WrestleMania wrestling-wise ever, probably. Uh, and, of course, Braun Breaker came onto the scene, and everybody just seems to love him because of his Steiner math and his Steiner look. And then, of course, Jay Cargill, who every time I say it, I sound like I'm drunk Cargill, but that whatever. That bitch show. That bitch show. Uh, and Omos, which I, I, you know we've talked about many times on this program. For me, I think Bad Bunny, as great as he was and the great, the, the great impact he made, uh, you know, after WrestleMania, there's a portion of the year he wasn't, so I think he's disqualified, in my opinion, on that. Uh, Braun Breaker, same different thing on the other side of that, that he didn't really show up until about, I don't know, four eight to ten weeks ago or something like that. So I think as he is he is someone to keep your eye on in the future, uh, but he is he's technically a newcomer, I get, but I'm looking at the full calendar year. I'm going to break it down to Jade and Omas. I think those are the two that I've, I've really focused on here. And I'm going to give mine to Omas because I feel like Omas, not only in stature, but I think going forward, is going to have a bigger ceiling, no pun intended, obviously. Cargill has have has not really done anything yet. I think she's won. She's won a lot of impressive squash matches, and she's had a lot of things. Protected-wise, she's doing great. I think the addition of uh, Smart Mark Sterling has done a great job for her. I just I haven't seen anything that's got me super excited about it yet. But I think she's burst on the stream and burst onto the scene in a great way. But Omos had that amazing match at WrestleMania, and ever since then, I've just been like, well... Jesus, this guy is going to do something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if this was the longevity newcomer award in terms of the entire year, then I'll give it to a Moss. But this category, I try to judge differently because obviously if you're a newcomer, if you come in January, then you have a leg up. So I try to even the odds and be like, what made the biggest impact? And I think there's a great argument. You can give it to Bad Bunny. I'm not going to give it to Bad Bunny, but if people did, I would get it because he came in and made an incredible impact on the grandest stage and was here for a while too. He stuck around. Um 
and did a fantastic job. Uh, Braun Breaker, I think the world of him. I think he's going to be a super stud. I think he has all the tools. I think he has that ex those extra factors that you can't teach, just uh, who he is and who he's related to and wh where he's come from. But he isn't my newcomer for this year either. So I would, like you, came down to Jaden Omas. And this was a tough one for sure because I think both of these uh, two are fucking impressive athletes. They are like one of a kind um, in terms of athletic ability and presentation. And I think the best is yet to come for both of them. I think they're also very similar in terms of they're two of the more protected young talents because you obviously, there's a reason to. There are people that can't go to a developmental and grow there. They have to grow in front of your eyes because there's something so special about them. So I, it'll also work against them. And that's why a lot of the times these characters are heels because the crowd is going to be pretty hard on them. So this was a hard one for me. For sure, because these are both uh, hashtag JC guys and gals. Um, but I'm actually going to give it to Jade Cargill because the work that she does outside of the ring too, I think has some of been of some of the best stuff in AEW this year in terms of SmackDown. Where the moment we saw her, I knew nothing about her, but she's coming out and fucking talking shit about Cody Rhodes and just like I'm just like whoa. That's a natural promo. And it just continued her consistency. They even gave a manager, so it made it like that she didn't have to just nonstop talk. She could come in and just fucking lay the hammer when she had to and have this fucking idiot uh, do a little bit to help her. So I give her the very slight, slight edge over Amos. Jade Cargill's going to get my golden knocker. I hope she wins the TBS title to make it that bitch show. But I'm not taking anything away from what Omos did because to me, this was, again, one of the very closest categories on the card. Well, there you go. There you have it. Uh, Michael, let's give it up for the next award. Best repackage. Alexa Bliss. Apollo Crews. Mandy Rose. Nikki A.S.H. So best repackage. You know, the great thing about wrestling sometimes is characters like they get stale or they, they outlast their welcome or sometimes you just want to change it up because some people are that good, they can completely change it. So this is a category we had a few years ago um, because I feel like the comeback is such a broad category. This is a nice way to really zero in on people who completely changed something about themselves. Alexa Bliss obviously became a very dark character this year, kind of uh, the female fiend, as some people would put it, and I thought she did an incredible job with it. So she definitely deserves to be here. Apollo Crews was someone that... Probably could have been headed out the door if he didn't figure something out. He figured out this uh, gimmick alongside Commander Aziz where he was a champion for a long time and a very good heel and probably has been very underutilized here down the stretch of the year, which is why he probably won't win for either of us. But I thought this repackage saved his career. Mandy Rose goes down NXT 2.0 and just like, I mean, she was already the best in the world, but it just became next level best in the world. And now she's a woman's champion, probably one of the faces of that brand, if not the face of the brand. And then Nikki A.S.H., who probably was in the same category of Apollo or probably could have been headed out the door if something didn't change. And she took a risk on this ridiculous, like, not a superhero character that looks goofy and whatever, but it translated with especially kids and merchandise, which is something they're always looking for. And she won money in the bank and became a champion. So if that's a repackage that didn't work, then, ooh, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, I mean, I think you know where my vote's going on this one because I'm, you Because you, you voted with your penis. No, it came down to Mandy and Alexis. So I don't you know. voted with your penis. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, your but, penis. But I just think, like, the, re the thing that Mandy went through was just, like, she goes from this love storyline with Otis, and they just dropped it. And most people could be like, well, that's a career. What else can she do? She goes down and repackages herself and makes herself a badass and the leader of this awesome faction and becomes NXT Women's Champion. So Mandy Rose, uh, ever so slightly, and I will say this close, beats out Alexa, but 
I did love Apollo and Nikki A.S.H.'s character changes. I look at it this way. Alexa Bliss had a great repackaging. I thought she went way to the other side of it, right? So that's fun. Apollo Crews, like you said, and Nikki, uh, Nikki A.S.H., they had the kind of the similar. They probably were going to be gone if they didn't figure it out. Um, and then, of course, Mandy Rose. But when I think about the repackage, I think about it as a wholesale change. Now, Mandy Rose... All she did is technically change her hair. She didn't really do anything well, else. She changed her attitude and aggression, nah, I think. I don't know. I think she, she was, was already aggressive. Face. She was already aggressive as it was, I think. Yeah, I don't know. She was I a lovey-dovey baby face, Adam. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Joshua. I'm just who? saying. Who? 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 the fuck is Joshua? Who the fuck is Adam? All right. Anyway, I'm just saying. She she, she just basically, she got some hair, uh, you know, color, and that's it. You know, that's really all she did. She's the same Mandy Rose, apparently. That's, mm. that's not repackaging, in my opinion. Mm. Repackaging means new everything. Well, let me put it this way. TJ's the one who nominated her for this, and I was well, like, Well, yeah, because oh, TJ voted with his penis no, as well. No, I was like, I didn't even think of that. That's a good idea. She should be in this category. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because you, anytime Mandy's in there, you're, you think it's a good idea. I, been, I mean, because she's the best idea. I'm There's a give, reason why she's the face mm. of wrestling. I'm going to give mine because I think it's a wholesale change to Alexa Bliss because I think it's dark. Because you're different. thinking with your penis. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you no, are. No, yeah, no, you are. No, no, you just, no, I pick a woman, you no, accuse no, her of that. You pick no, a woman and it's no, not. No, Alexa Bliss, this no, is very attractive, Adam, so no, clearly you're thinking with your penis. No, that's no, not no. it at all, Jason. And you like, you like the little, like, the little darker. No, 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 no. Listen, just because I like emo people doesn't mean that this is, no, 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 no. I'm going to give thinking with your penis award. No, no, no. No wonder the word package is in this. Yeah, it is package. Are you thinking with your package? You were repackaging your package. But other than that, I will give mine to Alexa Bliss because she gets a knocker. The other girl gets a knocker. There's knockers. There's a whole thing you can do here. It's a whole thing. Anyway, great job on the uh, repackaging peoples. We're going to the next category. Comeback of the year. Becky Lynch. Christian Cage. CM Punk. Eva Marie. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, but actually, we are because we're in the comeback, and that means we have comeback of the year. So, WrestleMania, obviously, Becky Lynch came back this year from pregnancy and has become champion. Christian Cage came back from retirement and uh, actually won a world title. Uh, CM Punk came back, and uh, that kind of speaks for itself. And then Eva Marie also came back for a short time, put over Dewdrop in an incredible way. And then just was gone because, you know, that's what good comebacks are. You come into your knee. Oh, and my God. Leave. You might as well just give it to her for Christ's I sake. I didn't, though, because it's just like I, the problem is with this category is just like there's only one comeback to yeah, give out. Only it's one CM comeback. Punk. But like what Becky Lynch did to come back in the shape she did off of pregnancy is incredibly impressive. And I give her my kudos. What Christian Cage has done, go overcoming the Nick injuries to come back and perform at the level he's performed at is incredible. And we're both Christian guys, but it's just like it. When you have somebody like CM Punk, it was the, literally the comeback everyone was waiting for in the history of history. He came back. This is a no-brainer at CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, I have to give mine a set of golden knockers to CM Punk because, I mean, like you said, seven years in the making, it's like a slingshot. It broke, and it just flew into a different stratosphere. And Becky Lynch, to me, it was like, okay, that seemed like a foregone conclusion. All these, Christian Cage, to me, would be a number two, I think, because I was like, whoa. Like, he had that little rumble spot that was like a really cool moment with Edge. And then, of course, he shows up on AEW. I think I would have, if to me, if CM Punk didn't get it or didn't come in, I would have given mine to Christian because I think it was a big deal. Although I felt like they kind of overplayed their hand with Christian on the entrance there with the entrance into AEW, which kind of like overhyping it just an over smidge there. They've the never done that, though. They've never Dixie Cartered. Anyway, so that's why I'm giving mine to CM Punk. That's pretty much a sign, seal, delivered, big kiss. Mwah. Done with that one. Michael, I believe it's the last category of nope. the big old finish. Two categories in the finish. Oh, excuse me. There's two in the big finish. Michael, kick it off with the first one then. Match of the year. 
Bianca Belair vs. Sasha Banks, WrestleMania. Thunder Rosa vs. Britt Baker, AEW Dynamite, St. Patrick's Day Smash. Walter vs. Dragunov 2, NXT TakeOver 36. Young Bucks vs. Lucha Brothers, AEW All Out. Match of the year, folks. There's four. Four. That were, how many, so before we talk about this, before we get any any angry re, retweets or any angry replies or DMs or whatever we want to we get. We had about 20 matches here, yes. but we're not going to sit here and fucking talk about 20 matches. No. So what TJ and I did is it's kind of funny because we ended up with the four that was narrowed down, and I believe it was this four. So we probably we were on the right track anyways, but we had like a little... A little vote between the staff to vote for their top four matches, and we were going to take the top four, and it came out to be the four that um, I probably would have put here. But, I mean, this was a year of incredible matches. I thought if you want to give a comeback to wrestling in general this year, I thought obviously AEW is a big part of that. But WWE has raised their things. Roman Reigns has raised things. There's been so many things this year in wrestling, inside and outside WWE, AEW, and across the world that has really reinvigorated it. So the match quality was obviously very high. But our categories, like you heard it, Bianca Sasha at WrestleMania, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker at St. Paddy's Day Smash, Walter Dragunov, number two, at NXT TakeOver, and of course, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers in their cage match at AEW All Out. Uh, to me, in WrestleMania, it came down to Bianca and Sasha and Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. Um, those were the two kind of all year that I was envisioning for this. Um, and I went back and forth a lot, but I did end up voting where I thought I was going to vote, and that was the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, because when I saw that steel cage match, I instantly thought of this is the best thing I've seen this year. I still feel that way. And the fact that they did it and what did I just say? A steel cage a match. Steel cage. My least favorite match, which I will say in AW is much better because you can't walk out the fucking door. So that's great. But that match had everything you could ask for in terms of entertainment level. And then the moment at the end with the Lucha Brothers, who I gave last year as my most underutilized talent. Tony Khan listened to me because he's a smart man and pushed them to the moon. And they eventually had their moment here. And that was one of my favorite uh, moments of the year that probably was a runner-up for moment of the year because I thought that was a really cool thing and this match lived up. There wasn't a second of it that I did not enjoy. So for me, my match of the year for 2021 was the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers at All Out. I look at it like this. Is the is the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker, is that the hardcore one? That was, yeah, that was the one where she was bleeding. So I look at that one. I, so here's the thing. In my opinion, it goes number four is Walter Dragunov because I really love that, but it was... You know, it, I had that three, but I so I'm, I would put Bianca and Sasha at three mm-hmm. for me, and then I would put Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa at two, because Oof. I I thought that was to me that was one of those moments where I was like I didn't know those fucking women had it in them. I mean, I knew Thunder Rosa had it. I was that was Britt's one that of her was, best. That was sure. her coming out party. So I was more interested in that, and then of course for me, I am giving my golden knocker to the Young Bucks and the, and the Lucha Brothers. But you also kind of buried the lead here. They went out of their way to make moments within that match, whether it was Ray Phoenix jumping off the top of that cage, or my thought was a it's something that's ingrained in my head for probably my entire life was the sneaker with the the thumbtacks and the super kick. Like to me, that is a visual. That is a visual I will remember the rest of my life because it was such an odd thing to do. And I think they went out of their way for it and it created moments in the match. There were plenty of them. But that one will stand. That's the exclamation point. That's the that's the definitive thing I will remember throughout this entire year for me. I think that is, and I mean Matt and 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 um, Nick were on that sneaker YouTube show saying my next idea is to light a shoe on fire and super kick somebody because I know it would upset somebody. I'm like this is this is astronomical the way they're going to get heat. But I just thought it was great, and the Lucha Bros came out so hot after that, and then of course it kind of tailed. But like 
God damn it, that match to me, I don't think you could put another match up against it. And it would. It, everybody should pick that match as the match of the year. I think having that, you'd be astronomically wrong. Well, uh, they, they did. Uh, not, it wasn't 100% on jobberknocker.com, so you have to check out uh, how the staff thought it lined up. But for me, it was the no doubter. But I will say this. You notice there's no Roman Reigns matches on this list. That's probably because he had match five, six, seven, eight. I remember the Cesaro one. There was, uh, I believe, a Daniel Bryan one, a Kevin Owens one that all could have been nominated here. But I think just because Roman Reigns was so good and so consistent, his matches kind of all canceled each other out. And these ones were all defining matches for all these people that just they got in there. So I, I will say that about Roman Reigns in terms of like if we gave out like a match consistency award, he'd be the runaway. But it is kind of funny to look at it and see him not there. But again, to me, he might have had the five through ten. So. Yeah, exactly. He just he's got a top ten for sure, yeah. but he doesn't have top one, and that's yeah. where we're considered about. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the final award of the 2021 Knocker Awards. Jobber of the year. Akira Tozawa. Reginald. Fuego del Sol. Selena Vega. Hey, Nestlemania, what's the name of our podcast? Jobber Knocker. Why do we call it that? Because it's jobbers. And we love job. Like, we, that, that's something when we came together, we, it was one of our favorite parts of wrestling. We, oh call, yeah. we call ourselves jobbers. Yeah. Um, it's a term of endearment. It always has been. So for us, it is our, it is our favorite knocker to give out. And it, we kind of like, it's one of those things where you always get a mixed bag. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure award. Exactly. It's how do you envision it because there's a million definitions for it. Our nominees, obviously, are Akira Tozawa, who I believe won it last year from yes. both of us. Could two people? Yes, he could. Fuego del Sol, who AW like, has just... I mean, especially, I thought the match against Hook gives you a perfect reason oh, why yeah. he is perfect nominee for this award. Reginald, obviously, eventually got the 24-7 title, but this guy, I mean, he was losing matches to women and all over the place, and he was jobbing everyone, but uh, he enhanced, I thought, everything he was in. He made things better. And then Zelina Vega, who was on this incredible losing streak until she wasn't, and that's the beauty of this category to me is that she won nothing. It was like, why did she come back to lose 30 matches in a row? Well, it was because she was going to win the Queen of the Reign, yeah. and now she's a women's tag team champion. So for me... If that isn't the feel-good story of the jobber of the year story, then I don't know what is because this woman had to grind for it, and she believed in herself, and I think it paid off because I loved her winning Queen of the Rain. That was a cool moment, and I've enjoyed her little fake accent and all this shit, and now she's a champion. So for me, Zelina Vega, you are my 2021 jobber of the year. Wow. I did not expect that. I did not expect that at all. I'm surprised. Maybe she was your own adventure, baby. You're thinking with your penis again. That's uh, I mean, I I love her, but that's not the reason why I picked it. I was I had her picked for this category. Then she started winning. I remember I texted TJ. I'm like, do I have to take Zelina off? He's like, no, man. It's just it's like in the past. The same reason with Leon Ruff last year. It's mm -hmm. like you worked your way and you had the moment. That's the beautiful journey. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Well, there you go, TJ. He's uh yeah. He's TJ talks some sense to me because and then I was like, you know what? That's the reason why she should get it. Thank you for helping me realize what I wanted to do. All right, anyway, so that's one Golden Knocker. My Golden Knocker is a little bit different. Uh, you know, this Akira Tozawa, who has been like 24-7, that's all he does, essentially, and that's the whole thing, and that's kind of a job reward in itself. Uh, of course, if we went by hashtag jobber alerts on the Jobber Knocker Twitter account, I'm fairly certain that Shayna Baszler would, would have won this award. Mm. Uh, but uh, that's beside the point, 30 minutes or less. However, we're talking about people in general. You made a great argument for Reginald and uh, Zelina, but I'm going to give mine to 
Fuego del Sol, because I have fallen in love with this gentleman. I think he's done a great job. Uh, not that you probably watch BTE or Sammy Guevara's vlogs or anything like that, but if you do, I think he's done a great job being very personable and really funny and, and just the butt of the joke, but understanding his role and doing a great job of being a sidekick and everything. And watching that Miro segment with his car and the whole, like, him losing his car and like the whole, the whole thing, like that would have been enough. And then I like kind of forgot about him and I had to watch a couple of things on dark and elevation and stuff like that to kind of remember what he was doing. And then on, then hook was sent, man. I knew it. I knew it. Right. So hook made that man look like, but here's no, the thing. No, no, hold, he on, made hold, on, hook look. hold on, hold on. Let me hook made that man look good. But Fuego made hook look like a million dollars. And that's why when I think of a jobber, I think of, how does that person make me feel? Am I rooting for them? Am I excited to see them? Do I want to see them do better? Like Zelina, I always thought was better in my opinion. Like I didn't ever, I never looked at Zelina as a jobber in my opinion. I just thought that she was in, a, in an unfortunate position. Reginald, you could argue that is a jobber, right? But I look at it as a traditional sense. Tazawa, not really necessarily a jobber sometimes. How dare you? But I look at Fuego del Sol and it's like, if you had to physically, in your mind, close your eyes and have a closed eyes exercise right now. Ellsworth. And then think about people that were enhancement talent. You're like local talent. And you saw Fuego Del Sol. You went, well, that, and he's from fucking Alabama too. Like, let's not, that, that's fucking awesome. Like that right there says to me, like that, that is it. Like he did such an incredible job this year. So I'm giving him my golden knocker. That's it. That's everything. He would have been my second choice. I think he did a great job. He I did. really did. You I just really love it because he put over a hook. And no, in 2022, he put over Miro. WrestleMania will have hook for Superstar of the Year, oh, Moment of the Year, Everything of the Debut Year, Debut of the Year, yeah. Son of the Year, uh, Name of the Year. I heard Nestlemania legally changed his first name to Hook. That's true. That's true. It's just Hook Mania from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had a long year. We've had a very long year, folks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed at least hanging with us and having a good time. We love this one because we shit on each other all year long, but this is a, uh, a fun one. Um, JC, you have anything else you'd like to say? No, I'm excited to bring in 2022 and see what the world has in store for us, and uh, especially the wrestling world, because that's all we talk about here. It's true. That's very true. So anyway, we hope you enjoy uh, this episode, and we hope you uh, enjoy us uh, in 2020. We'll be back with more Jobber Knockery. Have a very Mandy New Year. 